0: Hello everybody, my name is Brittany Chalk and you're listening to A Dancer's Guide. In this first ever episode of A Dancer's Guide, I'm going to share a little bit about myself, including my unique journey as a professional dancer, some of the reasons I decided to start A Dancer's Guide, and ultimately, what I aim to share throughout these podcasts. Hello everyone, thanks for joining me today. I'll start by telling you that I'm originally from Florida and now reside in England with my wonderful husband. I have a bachelor's degree in graphic design. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan and absolutely love dogs. I've been dancing since the age of three. And by the time I was in high school, I knew I wanted to pursue a career in dance. My passion for it was undeniable. And as years passed, my aspirations grew. Dancing is in my blood, as my mom has been a dancer for the majority of her life. She even opened her own dance studio when I was seven, and that's where I trained for 10 years. During my senior year of high school, I was accepted into the summer internship program at the Broadway Dance Center in New York City. I moved the day after graduation, and some people may call me crazy, but I knew it was my time to make something of myself in this world. I trained at BDC for a number of years, taking as many classes as possible. I attended classes and workshops around the city, auditioned like it was my full-time job, performed in flash mobs, student showcases, and random music videos, all whilst being a server at the world's largest Applebee's. We'll talk more about that in later episodes, but just know, a survival job is indeed a real thing. After years of hard work, I finally received a call for what I count as my first professional job. I believe it was an early January morning, and I noticed I had a voicemail. I can't even begin to describe the emotions that ran through my head. So happy I cried, proud of what I had accomplished, nervous because it meant I would live in a different state for an entire year, and so excited for the adventure that lay before me. The job was a 10-month contract with Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia. I was to be in three different shows throughout the year, and I gladly accepted. I learned a lot on that contract, mainly that no job is ever 100% secure, and as a performer, you've always got to be one step ahead. I strongly believe complacency can ruin a career and urge those of you listening to keep your sense of ambition and continue reaching for new heights. Once my contract with Bush was over, I returned to New York City, with a newly lit fire under my butt. I knew what I was capable of, what I had to offer, so I hit the ground running during the next audition season. I had the confidence, yet still struggled to book any jobs. I did random gigs here and there, but no long-term contracts came through. Quitting wasn't an option for me, so I kept going to auditions. Kept up with my singing lessons, took as many classes as possible, and by the end of the summer, my bank account was starting to run low. I thought it might be time to get another serving job, so I printed some new resumes and found some nearby restaurants. After providing my contact details and walking out of Southern Hospitality, which, by the way, has some great barbecue food, I saw a voicemail on my phone. I had booked a five-month contract with Carnival Cruise Lines, porting out of none other than my home state. I immediately ran home, threw away the resumes, and signed the contract. I have a love-hate relationship with New York City. When I was struggling and commuting on hot trains, pushing my way through millions of people with my hair in curls and bright red lipstick on at 7 in the morning, it was beyond draining both physically and mentally. What I always found funny, though, was that as soon as I booked a job, the city became this magical place, full of new adventures and bright sunny days. I walked down the avenues, feeling like i conquered some small piece of the concrete jungle, all whilst Jay-Z's Empire State of Mind played on repeat in my head. I auditioned for Carnival more times than I could count. I even knew that audition combo by heart. I would get closer to the end every time, but it wasn't until I plucked up the courage to speak to the casting director and simply ask, what do I need to do for next time so that I book this job? His reply was that I needed to sing. The company was starting to transition to their 2.0 playlist shows and sought versatile performers. So I returned six months later to the next audition And on the little slip of paper they give you to fill in some details, I checked both the dancer and singer boxes. Guess what? I made it all the way through. They asked me to stay and sing, and I had boldly prepared Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. It was an absolute train wreck. It was so bad the music director advised me to seek a new vocal coach. I was mortified. Yet, two weeks later, I ended up booking the job, solely as a dancer, I might add. I look back on that experience now and wonder, if I hadn't asked the director what I needed to do, would my career have survived? As they say, with great risk comes great reward, and in this case, that was very true. On board the Carnival Sensation, I performed two different shows, eight times a week, and they were hands down my favorite shows I've ever performed. I learned what it meant to be a professional on that contract, what I would and wouldn't stand for, how organization is a monumental player in a company's success, and how the right leadership can produce incredible results. Towards the end of that contract, I was offered another nine-month contract on the Carnival Victory. I was flattered. This had potential and talent in me, and yet, something was still nagging at me. After a lot of thought, I made a difficult decision to turn down a contract for the first time in my life. I mean, two years prior, I would have jumped at the opportunity to be a part of any production, and there I was, choosing to close a door, not knowing if another would open. I once again returned to New York City, and at the peak of audition season, I had my sights set on working for this up-and-coming company, RWS & Associates now known as rws entertainment group i had auditioned for them in previous years and even ended up on their hire list they do the casting for holland america cruise lines and held an audition shortly after my arrival back in new york i was so ready i nailed the first audition and was invited back the next morning for the final round we did the ballet and jazz combo we learned the day before and now i blame this on an early morning start but I did not do so well on the ballet section. I don't know where my head was. Actually, I think it was still on my pillow in my apartment. Nevertheless, I knew I needed to excel in the jazz portion, or else I just blew this entire opportunity. I channeled my nerves and doubts and walked out onto that floor, ready to impress. They gave us two eight counts of improv before the combo started, and whilst the other girls were turning and flipping and lord knows what else, I just stood there, slowly inching my leg from coupe to passe, and finally into a full-blown tilt, which I held until the combo started. I made sure the spotlight was on me, and that the people sitting behind the table didn't want to look away. RWS offered me not one, but two contracts, and the door I had closed with Carnival opened so many doors I didn't even know existed at the time. I received the call from RWS leaving the 42nd Street subway station, coincidentally on my way to restaurants with resumes in hand. I was offered a summer contract at Hershey Park in Pennsylvania, followed by a nine-month contract on board Holland America's New Amsterdam. Ultimately, I ended up turning down Hershey Park as I was offered the role of Judy in A Chorus Line. The contracts overlapped, and I thought this was my chance to break into the musical theater world, as who doesn't dream of being on Broadway? As Judy, I had to dance, act, and sing, and I cannot express how grateful I was for the support of my fellow ACL cast members and show director. They respected me as a professional dancer. Was also helping me figure out which notes I was supposed to be singing. We all had our strengths, and I feel so blessed to have been a part of that diverse cast. After a chorus line, and on the lead-up to my Holland America contract, I was in a place in my life where I started to do some soul-searching, and what I realized was that I felt like a bit of a cold person. Now, I don't mean temperature-wise, but rather like I shut myself off from others. I think in a defensive way. If I didn't get too close to people, no one could hurt me. I also think New York had taken its toll on me, and I decided that I wanted to embark on this new chapter with an open mind, an open heart, and let some of that warmth I was missing find its way back in. Four days after boarding the New Amsterdam, I met a British cadet that stole my heart from the second I laid eyes on him. Little did I know that one day he would become my husband. I also met one of my best friends on that contract, a fellow dancer, and also my cabin mate. She actually ended up being one of my bridesmaids at my wedding. With my personal life all warm and fuzzy again, I can say from this point on, I was consistently booking work. I understood my self-worth and started seeking jobs that were right for me, instead of trying to change myself to fit specific role breakdowns. I realized I held more power than I knew, and with that, I went on to perform on another Holland America ship in the Show Palace's production of Beauty and the Beast, and even with Disney Live Entertainment for Saks Fifth Avenue's annual Window Unveiling. I had the opportunity to work with the Dancing with the Stars touring company and be a backup dancer for a Bobby Darren review show. I was teaching master classes at different studios and enjoying living the life of a successful professional dancer. Even though I've been choreographing since I was 16, My first professional choreography credit came from the theater in which I had previously performed at. The show was Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and doing that contract, being a part of that creative team, however short it may have been, I knew that's exactly where I belonged. I loved waking up every morning knowing I got to go to work with people who respected my journey and talents and actually listened to the notes and advice I had to offer. This experience was the beginning of my transition from dancer to choreographer and life beyond performing. I love dancing, yet I wanted more. I wanted to explore all the options available to me within the dance and entertainment industry. Soon, I was choreographing a Las Vegas-style review show called Sizzle Las Vegas. I think creating my own show one day would be the ultimate dream. After getting married, I moved to england and i'm currently teaching at dm studios i am on the hunt for a full-time job in a creative capacity i think my talents would shine in a theater or cruise ship production role so for those of you listening let me know if you hear of any leads in the meantime i've decided to start a dancer's guide it is my passion project and i cannot thank my listeners enough for their support throughout these episodes i want to make it clear that in no way do I claim to be an expert on every dance-related topic and is exactly why I will be speaking to other professionals in order to provide listeners with a wide range of experiences to draw from. I hope to enlighten listeners about the industry to get a sense of what it's really like. I aim to challenge the stigma surrounding dance as a viable career path and show people that in fact there are endless career opportunities for performing artists. Each guest has a different story, and I hope they inspire new waves of thought. Stay tuned for future episodes as we'll discuss topics such as auditions, specific performance platforms, headshots and resumes, possible career paths, going to school for dance, mental health and physical well being, professionalism, agents, the power of networking, and so much more. I want dancers and performers of all ages to feel as though this is a place of inclusion and conversation. I want you to know that you are not alone in this dream. I founded a Dancer's Guide because it's everything I wish someone would have told me when I was first starting my professional career and what I hope to give to all of you. Stay tuned for the next episode as I welcome my first guest, professional dancer and certified yoga instructor, Shelby Foreman. We will be discussing attending university for dance, so head on over and follow us on Instagram at a Guide official, and for more information, please visit adancersguide.com. Always remember, stay confident, be humble. Thanks for listening. Until next time.